Welcome to DLC Live, your source for educational and inspirational interviews with mental health experts and advocates from around the world. Now, here's your host, creator of the DLC Anxiety Worldwide Mental Health Community, Dean Stott. Hi, Sabrina. Hi. You okay there? Yes, you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time out um, to join us on the live. Um, if you just want to start by introducing yourself, Sabrina, um, just a bit about yourself, a bit about your company, and just um, how it relates to um, our anxiety support platform as well. That'd be wonderful. Absolutely. Thank you, Dean. Thank you for having me. And I'm uh, very honored to represent Monument today. I am a therapist on their platform. I'm also a KSAC, so I'm a credentialed alcohol and substance uh, counselor. Mm -hmm. And so what we have the opportunity to do is provide accessible uh, treatment, basically. We can, uh, and everything is online. So you get to either speak with a physician about uh, naltrexone if there are physical cravings and we wanna address it in a physical approach. Mm -hmm. And or you get to join uh, and speak to an individual therapist like myself. We also have free groups, uh, which has been a real uh, honor to be a part of as well, because we get to really learn from each other as a community. And so a lot of times um, that's how we encourage people to start is to really join those free groups so that this way they can recognize that they're not alone in this and mm -hmm. as well uh, feel they can start really shaping uh, their their healthcare plan based on what works best for them and and how to look at if they want to really the the big question we usually look at is the difference between moderation and abstinence and where they're at on that kind of spectrum at this point in time. No, that so, sounds wonderful. <laughs> and regard regarding um, drinking um, and its relationship to mental health or mental health struggles. Uh, would you say there was a direct uh, correlation between both? And if so, um, could you just explain a bit more about that? Absolutely. So what winds up happening usually very early on is uh, recognizing that connection of, you know what, I didn't just feel like I had a, um, a complicated relationship with alcohol overnight. There are many other factors that could come into play. Usually the sense of not being able to trust one's ability to cope or uh, in general, just a sense of, hey, you know what? I have had my alarm system go off for so long. Alcohol could be that solution in a way. So it, we, we say a lot too, it, it works on, until it doesn't. So, mm -hmm. so in many times, if, uh, if, if we can, we definitely look at what are some of those underlying causes? Because usually if, if we could look at any kind of mental health condition and really uh, look at how capable you really are in coping with it and finding strat strategies that work, mm -hmm. uh, ultimately alcohol becomes kind of a very small piece of the puzzle. You know, and yeah. it, it initially it could be very heavy, but eventually you recognize that, all right, there was many more factors involved. That's really interesting. So it's almost like you say, um, just take it, taking apart the puzzle pieces and seeing that alcohol might not be the main factor. And like you say, it could be a combination of many other di uh, different things. Absolutely. That's wonderful. So I do have uh, some questions from the platform. We got lots of questions regarding this. Um, 
obviously we're all going through uh, some really tough times with the coronavirus at the moment so i can see how obviously people's mental health might be struggling at this current time um, so I did have to um, sigh through all the questions, but I think I've got a good range of questions for you. Um, am I okay to fire away with them? Absolutely. Wonderful. So the first question is, um, at any point, can taking a drink uh, when, it, when you're in the midst of anxiety, so um, when anxiety levels are high, um, is there any situation where that can help? So, you know, it's a, it's a great question because I think it sounds like there's a lot of insight in recognizing, hey, I, I, I know for the most part, I want to be able to handle this on my own or mm -hmm. find my way to feel the feeling fully. And the reality is that's what, what we know to be true. And especially when we look at anxiety, uh, we're fortunate enough to have a lot of science around it. So it, it all, all usually boils down to the idea of finding your way to, to face that initial fear, to let it flow through your body and recognize it as a signal. Hey, I have a need here. What's my need? So if, if you can be attuned to that in those moments, even if you do wind up having a drink at some point, it could really help to be mindful of what triggered the feeling to, that I need this drink. And little by little, you build your sense of awareness. At, and, and usually, ultimately, it's a sense of Maybe I, I don't necessarily need that. Uh, the reality is that having that drink, a lot of times, if it's not something that feels controllable, can uh, exacerbate the anxiety and really make it feel like you're not capable of handling it because something else is taking the steering wheel. So mm -hmm. it's really trying to figure out how to keep keep your hands on that steering wheel as best as you can and, and, and doing it in a way uh, that is as non-judgmental as possible. So I know that's easier said than done, but but again, it's all about, hey, how do I build my mindfulness around this? Every time that I feel like I need that drink, I, whether I do actually use it or not, how do I observe what it is that may be a pattern here that I want to look at more? So so it's it's not to have shame about having that drink, but typically, you know, you try to find more mindfulness based kind of uh, so would you say that when someone's anxious then and they are they are they are turning to alcohol uh, that they they're using it as an emotional crutch would you say it could be that that's the thing it, it could be very uh, it's so much more complex than than um uh you know the initial kind of uh i'm just looking at it and that's it right like there mm -hmm. could be that that day um you know, in general, they, they were dealing with a lot of different factors that were going on, aside from uh, feeling like they can't handle the stress to, um, you know what, I just want to have a good time. It could be purely social, right? It could be. Yeah, so yeah. so it's definitely looking at, at that and saying, okay, what kind of drinking am I okay with? You know, maybe I'm, I prefer that. And, I, um, and, and that's where the moderation piece could come in. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's all information, right? It all could help grow you. No, definitely. That's wonderful. And very thorough. Thank you very much um, for that response. And the next question is, how badly does drinking affect anxiety? And can you explain uh, the, the relationship uh, between both and the negative effects that it has on it? Absolutely. So uh, basically, even though alcohol is a depressant, and I'll get into that maybe more later, uh, it is really 
affecting so many areas of your brain. And I guess the main ones that I would really want everyone to be aware of are your reward system and the memory system. So basically looking at those two and seeing how they, they get hijacked in some ways, depending on the amount of alcohol, uh, that could really make it hard to integrate memories of being capable of dealing with your stress. And, and on top of it, uh, not feeling any benefits from having faced that level of anxiety that mm. seemed too much and then you were able to face it. So, so that plays into building this really, uh, it, it builds a, a low sense of esteem and it could get to the point where uh, you really don't feel like you will be able to do anything about it. So that, that, that presents a lot. We get, you know, at least I have a lot of clients that will share that. So, and it's, it just makes perfect sense, right? If you don't have uh, a clear picture of what's going on, um, it's, it's kind of like the, the film has gotten ruined that you can't see the actual image. So, mm -hmm. so that's a part of it. And then, of course, if we're looking at it the other way around, anxiety could make it feel like you need something, like how you put it so well, that crutch. So if that's the, the, the crutch, the go-to, that becomes a pattern that becomes very ingrained. And then it almost feels like that's the only thing you can use to handle your stress. So it, it does become very much a cycle. At times. So would you say um, like with a lot of your clients then uh, alcohol um, sometimes gets in the way of what you say of dealing with um, the fears that you have to overcome with anxiety. Uh, would you say um, it, it's like stopping that process like you said of, of how you um, to overcome the anxiety or you actually have to let that fear go through you. Uh, do you feel that anxiety just seem to be a, uh, sorry, that alcohol just seem to be a stumbling block in this way? Absolutely. I think you put it so well. It's that sense of, you know, now I, I don't get to really retain that, that I'm, I'm capable. You know, I can do this. I can handle this. That uh, like all feelings, they flow. They won't last forever, but it, in many ways, then new anxieties can arise, like cravings, uh, like a sense of uh, now I, I really don't know what else to do. So it's, again, it's, we, we're all social creatures, right? We all benefit from having extra support. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's the beauty of having Monument is really being able to, to have community in all forms, uh, to be able to, to identify this, have these conversations, and to reduce shame, that's a huge part of this as well, is, is recognizing that, uh, you know, platforms like Monument wouldn't exist if these weren't human patterns and ways that we do try to handle stress. Um, exactly. So, what, so what, it, I guess it works very similar to, to the community we've got over here. It's just like-minded like people uh, being able to understand each other and support each other on their own journey to, re, uh, to recovery, yeah? Absolutely. And it's amazing what you're doing on that end too, with just making it, you know, it, making it something that we can normalize in our culture, that this is something that uh, is very much a conversation so many of us want to be having, mm -hmm. whether it's for alcohol, anxiety, whatever, you know, so, so it's great to see how we're using, uh, you know, technology and social media in a, in a way that could challenge what often gets in the way of, um, believing in ourselves you know yeah that's wonderful um 
the third question is can alcohol um give you ongoing anxiety problems even after quitting drinking so if you manage to get sober is is there a possibility that anxiety could still be lingering um after that sure you know what i what comes to mind uh, is just how much um th that that trust issue that inner trust issue could present of, hey, I've really done my work around it. I've really tried to find ways to curb or completely eliminate it from my life. Um, but what happens if it comes back, right? What happens if I have another trigger or something really activates the sense of not feeling like I can handle my stress? That's a form of anxiety. That's definitely a lingering kind of uh, uh, pattern or thought that could really get in the way. So so I think a lot of times it's it's, recognizing that this is definitely not um a, a stop and go thing this is something that can keep being ongoing and keeping yeah. something you can uh feel like it's it's part of your lifestyle so that this way it's not as um potentially stressful to to have to think about um and the other thing too just so everyone has that awareness is there's something called pause so it's post-acute withdrawal syndrome so that's something that can present even a few months after really uh, changing your relationship with with alcohol. So it's something to recognize that the happy chemicals that were kind of artificially being processed or created um, need time to be regenerated in your body. So that it may almost feel like you're in a slump before you start to see that activated more naturally. So. It's just, again, being able to recognize that and find your way of self-care that could really reduce the intensity of that anxiety. And like you said, uh, there's no one recovery pattern, I guess. Um, each individual is different. And like you said, if it's adapted more into a lifestyle change instead of instead of a recovery plan, uh, then like you said, I guess it eases the stress off um, oh, I'm finally recovered, I don't need to be anxious about this anymore, I guess. Definitely, yeah. I, you summarize it so well. I, I, you know, just that sense of, hey, I need to feel um, like this is natural, and it is. It very much is, is that you're building your, uh, really your recognition of your inner wisdom. What I'll tell people a lot is, um, Michelangelo would say, I could see the the statue in the marble. I just need to carve it out. So it's already there. We're just working on carving it out. So it's very much the same at any point in looking at that relationship with alcohol. Uh, is that hey, I have a vision here, and that statue may look different for you. It may look different for me, right? It, that that's not necessarily um, what we focus on as much as hey, how do how do you trust in your ability to make that vision? Uh, flourish, and then you get to enjoy whatever it is that that you've created. You know, so so we definitely want to look at that abundance mindset yeah. of hey, I, there's so much to gain in in starting this kind of uh, discovery and this kind of creation. Uh, so it, it it's it's always exciting work. Honestly, I, I'm I'm not just being biased here because I get to work for Monument. It just mm -hmm. it's always amazing to see that when when any fellow human is ready to uh, discover their inner wisdom. There's so much that comes out of that. So much power, so much energy, so much um, like a revival, if you will, of of the the human soul. It's 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 
And I, I can imagine um, no two days are the same as well, because like you said, each individual yeah. um, is going through it differently. And I guess you see so many different milestones and so many different achievements. It must be um, like personally satisfying for you, just, just like you say, on a human emotional front as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's amazing to see the power of the human spirit, even, even in some of the most uh, gut-wrenching struggles, you know, and, and that's something else I would hope everyone on this platform and in general would realize is that, um, you know, your, the level of your anxiety uh, didn't happen overnight either, right? You, you probably faced things that I can't, can only imagine have been really tough to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, uh, your body's working the way it's designed to. So if there's a way to build some gratitude with it, I know it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but a lot of times the anxiety feels like an enemy, but it's really there to, to be a source of protection and also a source of uh, recognizing, hey, I want something different here. So it could really be your guide more than your curse. You no, know? definitely. And that's, that's a really important uh, message because um, like you said, if, if we didn't have this inbuilt um, alert system all them years ago, we wouldn't have evolved into what we are now. So um, I think uh, just modern society um, obviously increases the anxiety around us. But like you say, when it is, when it is, um, when you feel the anxiety there, it is your body doing its natural thing. And uh, it shouldn't be something that's feared upon. Um, so I think that's a really good point that you made. Um, I, the next question I've got is, I'm, as somebody said, I'm unable to control my drinking. Uh, however, when I'm drinking, I feel anxious. Um, I also get withdrawals. Um, do you have any advice on uh, what could help me regarding um, any withdrawal symptoms or anything? Sure. I, you know what? I appreciate that, that openness to, to explore that and to really recognize um, we always want to try to match up an approach to what you're experiencing. So what I mean by that is if you're having physical symptoms, we always want to first look at how to address it with a physical provider, right? A doctor, a medical professional who can really help you out with making sure it, it wouldn't lead to potential seizures or anything of that nature. Mm -hmm. So, so that would be my first piece of advice is please find your, your provider, the one that works for you even if you want to chat with someone on Monument, right? Or we have plenty of amazing uh, medical providers on our platform. Um, and then in terms of uh, beginning your journey, again, as we've been saying, it's not a one-size-fits-all uh, model by any mm -hmm. means. So it's really, maybe you start out with, hey, is there something I want to replace this with? Or what kind of thoughts can I reframe? Because we do want to look at how the mindset can change around uh, what you're, you're envisioning for you. Is there a way to really, um, you know, uh, my go-to is always to picture the person you love the most in the whole world mm -hmm. and really imagining they were dealing with the same struggle. What ways would you be supporting them? What would you want for them and hope for them? And how do we start applying that inward and, and really looking at, hey, what is it that I can use um, today to, to get there? Or what can I do today to really recognize I'm on my way just by looking at it from a more compassion mindset you know yeah and, definitely and 
that's obviously a technique as well that works um, within within anxiety as well, uh, where you, obviously someone has low self-esteem um, and they're, they're always questioning their inner critic. We, we, we often tell them, um, how would you speak to a best friend? And, and the way that you would speak to your best friend and support them is the way that you should be obviously speaking to yourself. So I guess there's a, a nice correlation there between the two. Absolutely. And, and, and I think you'll definitely hear very uh, similar themes because in many ways, um, alcohol sometimes personifies anxiety, or it, if we look at it as, um, not personifies, but more it becomes uh, equivalent in that it's the source of really not um, trusting yourself and that inner critic kind of playing out more mm -hmm. um, in terms of the situations that are presented, even usually it's the day after kind of effect, right? Like if, if something becomes um, to the point of feeling excessive, it can lead to conflicts in relationships. It could lead to uh, all these other factors that really get in the way of really trusting your ability to handle stress in general. And I, and I think a lot of times that goes hand in hand with anxiety um, in terms of um, that sense of, hey, I, I, I feel like this is getting in the way you know, more than helping. And and obviously anxiety is more built in. So oh. it's kind of looking at now with alcohol, um, how to recognize that, that that's manageable. And, and also anxiety becomes more manageable too. You know, when we recognize that at some point, um, that's something that you get to uh, engage with more and not feel like you're so tied to it. So in many ways, that's the same when we're looking at anxiety is looking at Yes, it's a human emotion, a human feeling and experience. But at the same time, I can engage with it. I can start to have conversations with it that are hopefully more uh, helpful than harmful, right? That it can really help me see what is it that I need in this situation? What am I observing around me um, that's making it feel like the signal had to go off, right? And, and being yeah. able to reassure, no kidding. Hey, even as far back as when I was a, a young youngin where I barely had language to put uh, my experience into to words, um, there was a similar situation. So my brain is desired to protect me and it's going to remind me that this is a potential threat, you know? Yeah. So as much as we could connect the dots, usually that could really be helpful too. No, that's wonderful. So, um, the next question, uh, which is a really good question is, um, how do you play, politely decline someone um, when they offer you alcohol? So this, I think this is a really good question because obviously in, in social settings, there's always sometimes uh, a pressure or a, you feel pressurized to, to accept that drink. So if someone feels that, the, that the, they do have a problem and, but they don't want to share that potentially with friends, uh, what advice would you uh, give them to um, yeah, politely decline it without maybe going into too much detail? You know what, Dean, you clearly have brilliant followers because they definitely recognize how much of a struggle that is, even mm. if it feels so simple on the surface. Um, well, we kind of try to navigate and I find, again, group is where it's at with this, even though individual is great to really hone in on your own personal things. Uh, in general, uh, you could try a range of things. And, and it's really a matter of your, knowing who your audience is, uh -huh. knowing what you want to start sharing with them, 
and recognizing that you don't have to share everything right away, you know, so you can uh, pace it in terms of, hey, you know what, um, right now, I'm trying Sober October, right, or finding the way to build that, that, again, the language and the culture around, this is me just testing out not drinking right now, you know, yeah. I don't necessarily have to explain to you why or, or what it is that um, is really factoring in for it, but I'm, I'm just giving it a, a trial run. This is my, my free, my free trial period, you know, um, other times, especially because this could get into the environment, the cultural expectations wow. or what is really much ingrained even anywhere, right? Family, friends is, hey, you know what? Always approaching it with a sense of gratitude. Thank you so much. You want to include me. You really want me to be a part of this. Um, I, I really am, I'm okay, right? Like really trying to validate, hey, I really appreciate what you're trying to do and sharing this alcohol with me or whatever it is. Uh, you're trying to connect with me in that way. Um, but right now, I don't, I don't need that. I don't yeah. necessarily need in order to have a good time. I want to just, I just want to be present. So, so those could be a few strategies, but again, it's easier said than done. And by all means, if you do feel like, ah, I really want it, this is not to say, Hey, I'm just going to eliminate it altogether. It might be that you're going to have a drink and then you're going to try to pay attention to what's going on. Right. Does it feel yeah. like, you know, one's good, but five is better. Right. Like, like, and really trying to recognize that and see what's why it is that it feels like it's um, getting more intense and you're not getting to really enjoy it. So, well, so when someone does have a, a drinking problem, um, is, is the aim, um, it's just a question of my own, is the aim um, to get them to, to not drink at all or is it to bring it down to a moderate level? If someone does struggle with, with having a drinking problem, um, is bringing it down to a moderate level always a danger that they'll relapse back to what it was? Is the end goal to, to cut out the drinking uh, in total? I, I think it, ultimately it, it always factors in. It's always that sense of, hey, I want to um, really eliminate it because it's almost like I'm allergic to it mm -hmm. and really trying to pay attention to that correlation if it's that intense. Also, it's kind of, I think, speaking to the anxiety piece here where, hey, if, if I do moderate, it's possible. Harm reduction is a real thing um, where we look at ways to really trim it down and feel like you have a, a lot of boundaries around it. But what will happen? What's that fly in the back of my head, right? It, it may always be that I'm going to feel like this is a lot more work than it's worth. And that's what tends to happen a lot with, with clients in general is recognize that, you know what, I realize that it's so much more freeing. I have so much more to gain when it's out of the equation and okay. that it doesn't have to feel as intense then. So hopefully that answers that. But I, I think it's that sense of knowing, hey, you know what, that's, that's the ideal way of handling it is that at some point I won't feel like I need it. I already have my own tools built in to to manage my stress, my depression, because that's usually a really big factor as well. Yeah. And and now I can keep going without it. Oh, that's brilliant. That's answered that uh, fantastically. Thank you. Um, next question. I drink uh, because it gives me confidence. Um, how can I motivate myself to stop? Um, because I feel like I'll be introvert and I won't be the confident self I am after I've had a drink. So you know what I. 
I, I think you're speaking to uh, another real heart of what makes this relationship so complicated because it's the sense of hey I really um feel like it helps more than it hurts so so more I guess my my thing to start would look at um what is it that you really uh, uh prefer to see for yourself in terms of uh your authenticity right what are the things that you really do present in social situations that uh doesn't mean you have to be the life of the party necessarily, but you're someone that that does add value to the mix. And how do you, you know, start to really even even try to look at it from, um, you know, a, another person's perspective if you can't do it inward just yet so that this way it gets to the point where it feels like, you know what, maybe maybe I'll actually enjoy this more if, if I don't have to feel like I need that mm -hmm. uh, social lubricant. You know, I can really start to see that. Uh, I am capable on 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 all levels, right? To really be able to interact and um, you know communicate what 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 I want to and what I need to and what feels uh, good for me in this situation. Um, so so definitely, it's one of those kind of like trying to figure out. Uh, we're we're a big fan of um, uh, acronyms in the therapy world, we, yeah. and we love to use them all the time. So so the one that comes to mind for this is think is really like, is this really true that I'm not capable of being social here? Is it helpful to think this? What would be more helpful in this moment? What's more inspiring or insightful? What do I need right now? And what's kind? So if you could think it out quite literally, right? You can find your filter to really handle that stress in that moment and hopefully actually enjoy yourself. So. That's brilliant. That's and, and you say you use a lot of them um, acronyms um, throughout. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, sometimes when I'm uh, having a good day, I'll start to fabricate my own. Just, hey, what are what am I trying to say? How do I put it in an acronym so that it could help clients, you know, and help it yeah. stick? And even for myself, you know, help it stick. So That's brilliant. And the final yeah. question uh, from the followers um, is, um, why is it easier to drink when things are going bad? All right. So, so my guess, um, it might be a little contrary to the to the norm or normal way of thinking, but what I've come to find is that usually, maybe it's it is natural though, is that we tend to think um, we're using it as a way to de-stress, but really we're kind of staying in a very familiar zone. So oftentimes, if, if, if you, again, it's all about mindfulness. If you could even, when you're holding that substance or whatever it may be, recognize what it is, mm -hmm. that can give you a clue as to what you're feeling internally, if, that, if it's hard to tell. So alcohol is a depressant. It is something that brings you down. So are you already down? Maybe it, that's why it feels so good to do that. It's not so much that, why would we want to feel worse? Right, yeah. but we're familiar with that. Uh, if this feels bad, I'm not ready to get out of this bad zone just yet. And and feeling like you have a craving for alcohol may just be more proof that hey, I have to feel this more. I'm not. In in many ways, it's kind of again, it's giving you a guide. It's just a matter of how much do I have to feel this more, right? Can I just observe without that substance why it is that I feel so down and why are things so bad and what is it that I want to try right what is it that I can see some ounce of hope in 
so that I can get out of this flow or I could have it flow fully. Um, so it's always keeping in mind. Even a trick is to really look at where is it physically? Like, where am I feeling it um, in my body the most? So personally for me, usually tensions in those shoulders, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm ruling them out. I'm trying to figure out what it's cluing me into. For, for anyone else, it may be in the gut and in, in your head, right? And it, it, of course, it could change depending on what factors are at play. So it's kind of like, hey, you know what? I, I do feel bad right now. I want to own the feeling. I want to identify it as best as I can. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll see that um, I don't have to be a turtle all the time, right? I don't have to always be in my shell. I can get out now and really explore some options out there that'll help me change the script a little bit more. I think that's so, a really so interesting point that you said about um, with it being a an anti, with it being sorry a depressant. Um, when someone's feeling bad, they they don't turn to the alcohol um, to feel worse, but um, to feel uh, sick because they already feel like that. I think that was a really good way of putting it. Um, and that does conclude the questions from the platform. So um, that does leave me um, just to say thank you very much for obviously all the time that you've um, uh, spent on here. Um, thank you very much for your answers um, to the questions. Um, they were really thorough questions. And I've been reading the comments. I can see that a lot of people have um, taken so much out of this. And they're asking, will it be saved? The answer to that is yes, it'll be on our platform. We'll also uh, convert it over to a podcast as well. So it'll be across all the um, podcasting uh, networks. Um, if other people want to join Monument, what's the best way they can do it? How can they access you guys on social media? And yeah, what's the best way they can get in contact with you guys? Thanks for that. So join Monument is our handle on everything. Joinmonument.com is where you can uh, link up with us, look at the treatment plans. Uh, we're, we're getting insurance carriers as well. So the, the goal for the uh, co-founders was to make this as accessible as possible. So mm -hmm. definitely any way you can reach us, join the free platform. If you log in, you know, you set up your account, you, you can come and join the groups uh, and, and just see what that's about. And the other beauty is that it's all anonymous. You get to either have your mic or your video, whatever works for you. And you get a, a kind of a funky pseudonym too, uh, depending yeah. on, on, on you know what you design as well so anyway so yeah. any social media platform at join monument and uh on the platform do they have to be from the uh us or can they join from anywhere do you know um in the groups uh, you, you know we we have everyone uh internationally so so we oh, do right. have people coming from everywhere yes that's wonderful yes. and just regarding the future um is there anything that's um um any any announcements that are coming up soon you said about um insurers may maybe um on board as well maybe possibly in the future yeah so that'll that, give I access to even more people i guess absolutely i would say that's uh, there's always something that's why i would definitely encourage to join the website and a social media platform because we're doing all kinds of lives we do with celebrities too. There's uh, content, you know, there's just so much you could gain even if you don't actually uh, start therapy there. So, but but definitely the insurance carriers is gonna be a big one because if, if that could be 
that's pretty much uh, free then. You know, maybe you have a copay, but but again, it depends. We even are starting with Aetna. And so that, but anyway, those are all details. Ultimately, uh -huh. it's it's just that sense of knowing we're going to find a way to make it as accessible as we can for you. So That's wonderful, Sabrina. Thank you very much again for your time. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. It's lovely meeting you. And just continue doing your amazing work as well. It's really inspiring. Thanks, Dean. Thank you so much. Thank you for all you do. No problem. Take care, yeah? Bye-bye. You've been listening to DLC Live. Be sure to follow Dean on Instagram at DLC Anxiety. Check our website at dlcanxiety.com and grab yourself a copy of our latest book, Untangle Your Anxiety, on Amazon today. See you next time.